Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 87 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. My name's Rod Murray, and what matters as we bring 2018 to a close is the brave new world of media, and in particular, that weird and wonderful phenomenon that is social media. It's not your granddad's coverage of the game or indeed the world anymore. And today we're going to poke around some of the good, bad and indifferent that makes up the media landscape with a special focus on one of the most popular mediums around, Instagram, a platform that I don't really use. So I'm looking forward to uh, hearing why I should. Joining us shortly to help in that endeavour is the host of the popular Scottish golf podcast turned European to a social media guru, Rue McDonald. Before we bring Rue in, however, let me introduce my co-hosts for today from the US, and I would think looking forward to a bit of a break coming up over Christmas, the seemingly always flat-out writer, blogger, commentator, author, architect, and critic Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, I know you're a big social media user. I'm looking forward to chatting with Rue today about all things social, in particular Instagram. I'm not really a big user on it, but I expect yeah. that the two of you will convince me today that I'm wrong about that. Well, I think it's uh, an, it's an interesting time for all of these, especially in the United States where there's so much hostility to, towards a lot of the uh, platforms. But I think that we wanted to cover Instagram because uh, it's having such an influence on golf architecture and golf travel. Yeah, absolutely. And course architecture, as you say, <laughs> pictures and golf courses go together like hand and glove, don't they? So it's the ideal yeah. platform for that. So we'll explore a bit of that. From the other side of the planet down here in Australia, avid Twitter user, though I suspect like me, not so big on Instagram, columnist, commentator, course architect, former touring player, Mike Clayton. Clayton, have I got that right? You're less Instagram and more Twitter? Yeah, but I'm on Instagram. I obviously great for posting pictures of golf courses and um, interesting things you see happen on the golf course. That's largely what I use it for. Are you that bloke who fell on his ball? Is that your Instagram handle? That's me, yeah. Yeah, that's his handle. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, we better collect all the handles so people can go and check out uh, your various tags. I'll get yours in a minute, Jeff. Which, of course, yeah. with the new rules coming in next year, right, yeah. won't, be, won't be a penalty anymore. <laughs> no, no. How does that make you feel, Cleats? Well, I would have made the cut. I missed the cut well. by one. <laughs> Isn't I'm, sure, the... I'm, I'm sure it really pisses off TC Chen, though. <laughs> that might have been a much different US Open if there had been a sensible rule in place when he did yes. that. Yes. double hit. Did you, I'll, I'll bring Ruin in a minute. Did you see that video during the week, Jeff, of the bloke that did the how many penalties this would be now and how many penalties it's going to be? And he did a double hit and putted with the flag. Did you see that? Yeah. Tapped on the spot, yeah. Yeah, wrapped up about, I think it was eight shot penalties and it'll be no penalty as of next year. Yes, uh, interesting stuff. Well, congratulations. I think the real penalty for you, Clates, is that 21 years later, we're still banging on about the bloke that yeah. fell on his ball, so you've never lived it down. Uh, that's not what we came together to talk about, uh, though it's also going to be What we did come together to discuss is modern media and how it's being used by all sorts of people, businesses and organisations to sell products, create brand awareness, and generally engage with those who are on the consuming side of the supply and demand equation. Rue McDonald has a role with the European Tour that I can't really find a title for in my searches this morning, but suffice to say, it's very much focused on social media and engaging with fans. Rue is best known as the host of the highly regarded and hugely popular Scottish Golf Podcast. Joins us today from his home in that part of the world. Rue, thanks for taking the time before we go any further. I'm sure lots of our listeners want to know what's happening with the Scottish Golf Podcast, an extraordinarily popular podcast you started a few years ago. Yes, and thanks for having me on. Uh, I can tell everybody that the podcast will be back. Uh, as you say, the day job is is taken over slightly in the last few months, uh, but it's a bit of a hiatus. Uh, but trust me, it'll be back in the early part of next year. Yep, and it, it is extraordinarily popular. I'm a 
I'm a regular listener, so I'm sure Clay Sanchaka, and I'm sure many others uh, out there who listen to this podcast as well. So it's good to hear your voice, Ruin. Good to hear that you're going to be back with the Scottish Golf Podcast. Before we go any further, what's the latest with the Macrahanish Clubhouse fire? That was awful to see on the mm. web over the last couple of days, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so sad to see that. Uh, for anyone that didn't know, Macrahanish Golf Club on the southwest coast of Scotland, uh, unfortunately there was a, a fire there on Wednesday evening which destroyed the, the old clubhouse there. So uh, thankfully everybody's okay, uh, but the, the clubhouse in itself is completely damaged. Uh, I think some members managed to to recover some old artefacts and trophies and whatever else from the clubhouse before it. It got completely overrun by fire, but uh, horrible to see a, a club that's not awash with money by any means, uh, very much a community club, Tom Morris design. Um, so hopefully the, the golf and community can rally around and support. Uh, there was actually a family that lived in the in the clubhouse as well, so uh, I know there's a GoFundMe at the moment uh, going to to help that family this Christmas. Uh, but, you know, horrible images uh, of a, a special place in golf. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I've not been there. I imagine you have, Shaq. Uh, they say it's one of the great places to sit and have a beer after a round. No, I, I, have, I have still not been there. That's oh, wow. my uh, yeah, island's whole areas. Yeah. It's hard work, isn't it? It's hard work to get there, Rue. They say it's worth it, it but it's an effort to get there, isn't it? It's. Uh... Yeah, and now with uh, the Macri and Isla uh, opening, Recently, uh, I think that area will hopefully see a, a resurgence in golfing visitors, uh, certainly a, a destination that people need to be considering for, for Scotland trips. If you've hit all the the stops like Dornock and St Andrews and North Berwick, it's, uh, it's for the golfing connoisseur down there. Indeed, and a hu- as you say, a huge part of the town, and I'm sure that the golf club and tourism at the golf course contributes an awful lot to the town. So uh, if you get the chance to head to Macrahanish, I'm sure that's what they need. Of course, one of the ways we found out about Macrahanish, the first place I saw it, Rue, was on Twitter, social media. What is your role with the European Tour? European Tour do a lot of a lot of social media stuff, a lot of organised stuff and creating videos and whatnot. What's your actual role there? Has it got a title? And how did that come about yeah. that you uh, that you ended up there? It was, I guess the, my podcast was the, the byproduct of uh, getting this role. So uh, I... I created my own podcast. I created my own social media presence. I started talking about Scottish golf travel uh, to a point where I started to get some uh, freelance work. One of my clients was Castle Stewart. Uh, the week of the Scottish Open came along in 2016. Uh, along with playing with Henrik Stenson in the Pro-Am, I was working alongside the European Tour social media team. And uh, six months later, I was offered a job. So uh, thankfully, uh, it's been a, a good couple of years. Uh for people that maybe don't understand how social media works, I'm basically a 2018 journalist, and that might um, curl the toes of um, Jeff Shackelford. <laughs> but uh, I tell the stories using... Journalist? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> pathetic. I t- I t- for people that don't know about social media, I sort of say it in simple terms. I tell stories using social media, using pictures, using videos, using short text, uh, using more long-form text next year, Jeff, you'll be pleased to hear. Um, I won't read yeah. it. I like the stories. <laughs> I like the easy to follow stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I basically follow some of the best players in the world and take pictures and videos of them um, and travel to some nice places. So I'm, I'm thankful. Hmm. 
for those of us who are a bit older, uh, I'm a 1990s journalist, so there you go. <laughs> I'm old school, I guess. Uh, I'm kind of what you're replacing. I'm trying to keep up with what you guys are kind of doing. What is social media made of? We're going to talk about Instagram in particular, because I think, as Jeff pointed out, it's fantastic if you're into golf course architecture because the photos are amazing. But what is social media? What, what does it include? Is it, I, I think, of LinkedIn, I suppose, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Is that kind of it? And what are the different roles of those? I think it, it, it also you'd have to include YouTube, which is I think Oops, uh, the world's yep. sec, second largest website, mm-hmm. um, most visited website. What's the first? Uh, Google. Google. Oh, Google, of course, yeah. Um, so yeah, you mentioned most of them there. You obviously have the emergence uh, of stuff like Snapchat as well. Pinterest is a is a web um, social network which is popular with females. Um, so yeah, there's obviously a lot of niche social networks as well. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned most of the big ones there, and they're basically the these are basically websites that people uh, use on their phones. And anyone that walks around an airport or anywhere in the public knows that people just stare at phones nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that people sort of share their experiences with friends and family. So. Uh, it's interesting. It has a lot of negative connotations, but I think the, there's more positive that comes from social media uh, than negative. Hmm. Is that the key to it, Chuck? Is it, when we talk about social media, we're talking about mobile. It feels to me like that's kind of when you think websites. Or for me, I think websites. I think laptops sitting at my desk and looking at a website. When I think social, I think mobile on the phone in particular. And, and Twitter is the one I use mainly. Is that kind of is that a, a line we could sort of draw? Or? I think so. Yeah, I've tried to play with uh, Instagram, researching golf courses and different things on the desktop, and and we'll get to this. But uh, I'd be curious if Rue has some some tricks. But it's 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 not uh, it's just clearly designed for mobile and uh, not for desktop. So many of these things are designed that way, so they work better on mobile. And then that's just where people are more likely to to look at them. But uh, there's still elements of of desktop and laptop mm-hmm. usage that. Uh, where they have a role. Uh, um, same with YouTube, and uh, it just depends on what you're you're trying to do. If you're just trying to kill time in the airport, or if you're actually trying to research something, and I think that's where they're they're interesting uh, tools. Mm-hmm. Indeed, Clayton, how do you use it? You, I know you're a big fan of walk the golf course with you. You're always on Twitter and looking at your phone. You're the mobile guy. Do you do anything on your laptop with any of this social media stuff? I know Twitter's your main one, but uh, no. Is can you get? Instagram on your computer? On your, <laughs> yeah, sure. Can, you, can. you can. Yes, you can, Clates. Okay. Yeah, you can. Oh, there you go. I, you know, I never knew that. So, yeah, I just, on my phone, and mainly it's looking through it now. It's just pictures of golf courses and, you know, um, things to do with golf. The old Royal Melbourne Clubhouse, which is about five minutes from where I live now, right in, almost the, not quite in the middle of the city. But, yeah, so just, it's just, golf is obviously a great sport for Instagram mm. because you, so many great photos of, Different holes and different courses and different players, and so it works well for that. Yeah, clearly, it's very visual. What about for the European Tour route? They've they've clearly said we want to have uh, a very good and positive social media presence, and the work you guys do in that European Tour social media team is fantastic. We see your videos, and I see them on Twitter predominantly. I imagine they go to Facebook and Instagram as well because there's a crossover between all three. What's the attitude towards the sort of social there? And it, it almost looks like you guys have been given not f- completely free reign, but it's a much less constricted product that you seem to produce there than your brethren over at the PGA Tour, which feels a lot more controlled with what they do on social. Yeah, and 
sort of to play the modest card I'm, I'm one of sort of 10 or 12 guys that, that do it but we uh, we pride ourselves on um, showcasing our players it's very much a player's first attitude so all the stuff that we share typically are, are with the player's best interest at heart uh, and a lot of the success you see from our social media content is thanks to the player's buy-in and without the player's buy-in then you're unable to create sort of funny interesting videos so uh, our team's grown uh, a lot over the last sort of 24 months, me included, uh, and it's very much a, a massive part of Keith Pelly's strategy in, in sort of creating engaging content that engages with younger and older people uh, you know, across the world. So it's uh, a huge part of the European tour and, um, and one that you know, we, we pride ourselves on maybe not having the, the same amount of followers as other tours around the world, but we we have an engaged audience um, and one that seems to enjoy the content that, 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 that they read and they, they see. So I was going to ask, how, how do you track that? How do you know that you're being successful? How do you know that what you're doing is working? And what is yeah, success? So what, we, is it, what does it look like? What is social media success? Is it just a number of followers, number of views? What's, what, what are the key drivers? I think I think now, uh, sort of, if you're thinking about the the way that social media has evolved, uh, it's looking at the engagements on fo- on bits of content. So you might have a million followers, but you only have two comments. Uh, we'd much rather have a hundred thousand followers and a hundred comments. So looking at how engaged our audience are about our content and how much, uh, yeah, if they like and comment, and um, and we we often ask. And we read comments and YouTube, for instance, we're asking our YouTube followers what would they like to see more of. So do they want to see more 14 club challenges, for instance, um, and listening to the audience um, and then what they see, uh, what they like to see. Mm. So it's it's always evolving, but it's uh, one that we keep a close eye on. Y- yes to the 14 but, club challenges, by the way. Yes, Shaq. <laughs> so, well, I'm just fascinated that you mentioned comments because one thing that, that I think you would uh, probably agree uh, that has changed at least I've seen a change since I, and I'm new, newer to Instagram, but uh, it seems like uh, stories are becoming more popular and likes on photos are becoming uh, less common. Uh, but, but you guys really, you really do gravitate to the comments. Uh, maybe I, I'm, maybe I'm used to reading American sites that are just the comment sections are, are <laughs> That's cesspool, so let's be honest. It's just, yeah, it, it, it tends uh, to get ugly quickly. What's a story first? Quickly, what's a story, Shaq? Oh Can boy. you explain well, that to us? Or so, who's better to explain <laughs> the story to yeah, us? Yeah, well, look, uh, Rue, I mean, you, you I, tell me if I've got this right. It's a knockoff of what Snapchat did, only it works better. And for, for most of us, it's easier. And there aren't all the, the little cutesy uh, layers that uh, the cool kids know about how to, to filter through. But it's, it's at the oh, no. top. No, they have that now. They have that now. They have the um, the bunny ears and the, the fake snow, and they have all these uh, filters well, you can put on there. Oh yes, filters. But I meant yeah. just it's just difficult. To, Snapchat's just a, a hard thing to find anything yeah. on. Uh, whereas Instagram, it's at the top, and uh, people basically have a live twenty four hour story, and they just post a photo of something. Uh, Usually things that are a little bit lighter or they're telling an actual story about a round of golf or a dinner. Uh, and whereas the normal Instagram page, Rod, is, is, is just uh, nice photographs with comment sections. You can comment on stories as well, but all that disappears after, after 24 hours. Right. So uh, 
an Instagram photo would be a photo, Ruth. So you, for example, I think I, uh, I've actually downloaded a photo Probably. of you to use in your guest profile of you at the Ryder Cup. I think you took a selfie. That's a sort of a standard Instagram, but a story would be followed up an hour later by another photo of you maybe at the first green and then another one. Is that a story? Is that what we're talking about here? Is that the difference between the two? Yeah, the, the, a lot of people use them in different ways, but I think the story is more throwaway content, mm-hmm. uh, whereas your main feed, which is video or pictures, are stuff that you want to, you know, you, this is the best that you've got. So um, I might have put a video on my story of me traveling to the Ryder Cup on the bus, but I wouldn't have put that on my main feed because I've got this great picture that I want to put on the, on the feed. Uh-huh. And the the sort of shelf life of the feed is, is much longer, whereas you've only got 24 hours and that content disappears mm-hmm. on the story. So, it, um, All right. So is Instagram, it's, it feels to me like I hear everybody talk about Instagram. Like I said, I don't do a lot of it. Is it the one that's really come into its own the last 12 or 18 months, Rue? Twitter's been around, I think it's over 10 years now. Is it 12 or 14 years or something crazy for Twitter? And Facebook, obviously, we all know about. But is Instagram the one that's really, particularly for the sort of work you do, I imagine, which is very visual? Yeah, I think uh, Instagram is probably the main social network, especially for those between, I'd say, 15 and maybe 50. Um, The older demographic leaned more towards Facebook still. Um, and the younger people like Snapchat, but yeah, I would say that's that's the main one. That's the one that uh, sort of the work I've done gets the biggest uh, reach, gets the biggest engagement. Uh, that's not to say that people shouldn't consider using other net- social networks. Mm-hmm. Twitter's done it amazingly well to sort of last this long, and they actually are doing a lot of interesting stuff now. Like they do a lot of live streaming on Twitter, mm-hmm. so I think Twitter's got a bright future as well, as well as Facebook. Uh, they, Facebook have bought some sports rights recently, so they're moving more towards a Netflix-type model, it feels like. But um, I think Instagram is, for anybody who likes to travel and golf, I think Instagram is a, a perfect platform for using the search function. If you're planning a golf trip to Clates, uh, goes to some amazing places in Australia and, and indeed around the world. But if I was planning a trip to Barnboogle, the first thing I would do as a... Um, millennial jeff is to uh to search bamboogle dunes on instagram see what people are posting what videos where they're staying where they're eating and give myself a real sense of what to expect ahead of time so i can almost research ahead of time on, on the stuff i want to get up to i feel like my own grandmother now asking how the video works so if i go to instagram well, can, yeah can i uh so on that topic that's where i want to uh, advance the, the conversation yes. a little bit on the travel side first uh so Ru, one of the things that i'm struggling with where i feel like instagram is still really poor is in uh searching things out i i just feel like it's very hit and miss um when I, you know, should I be searching on based on half t- uh, hashtags by location? I mean, so usually by location works really well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm terribly frustrated at times at how poor uh, it seems to be in terms of just and part of its users. They don't like my dad posted some amazing photos from Scotland and didn't put the location down, which I, I need to remind him to do so that people will searching that golf course will will find his amazing photos, but. What are your? What do you have? Any secrets? Any any thoughts on how to kind of get the most out of searching? 
Yeah, I, I love search on, under places. I think people, um, you're right, some people forget to add their, their location. But if you just simply go to this, the search function and, and go to your, your places option, then you, you, you create, your, um, create your search into people that share from location. Um, you don't have to be at location to share a location, so you could do it retrospectively. So I could be playing yeah. Pebble Beach yesterday and post a picture of Pebble Beach today. Right. Um, I love that. A thing that I find when I'm obviously looking at player European tour players and pictures that are shared by fans, looking at um, tagged play- So go to somebody's profile, uh, if it's Tommy Fleetwood, for instance, and go on, on Tommy Fleetwood's tagged pictures. And um, a lot of the time, fans have maybe tagged him in a picture that they've uploaded mm. um for you know if you've got a big resort like pebble beach no doubt people are ta- tagging pebble beach in their pictures and you can discover um you know the the best pictures that are shared from fans uh from golfers that way mm. um, okay so that that would be one tip uh and you know now that the we talked about stories earlier instagram are now curating stories by location so I know you right. go to a lot, a lot of the baseball games, Jeff. So you know you go, you go to the Dodgers match and you click on um, the Dodgers stadium, and then you'll find that Instagram have created a story around um, yeah. some random bits of content. So that's another thing I quite enjoy, especially when I'm at tournaments like the DP World um, or you know wherever it be, the US Open. There's always really interesting bits of content that are shared by fans that Instagram sort of seamless, seamlessly drags together and and um, it's really quite interesting stuff mm. right so uh, I'm trying to figure out how so I, you, feel, I feel you you feel uh, <laughs> like this is stressing you Rob there's nothing to be stressed no, about no 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 don't stress I'm trying to I'm trying to think how I might how I might use this Myself, I'm a much more a word guy. I'm not a big YouTube user, I'm not a big video guy, so much more a word guy. There is a fairly significant, if, if you're posting on Instagram, Rue, from the, the few I've seen, you've got much more room to write your comments than you do on Twitter. Is that right? It's not a restricted character count, so I can post a photo with 10 pars of text if I wanted to. Is that is it limitless or is it somewhat restricted? No, it, uh, I think it's restricted, but it's um, it, a yeah, more room, crazy yeah. more number. Room. Yeah. 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 Uh, and actually, there's a lot more people now uh, looking to create, you know, almost a thousand words of a caption, um, which uh, that's not a caption room. <laughs> a thousand words is not a caption. You, yeah. You've crossed, you've crossed yeah. over de- definitions there. Yes. Yeah, but you know that catches the eye. If you're looking yeah. at people that just put uh, an emoji and a couple of words, as opposed to somebody who puts in, you know, a couple of paragraphs, I'm naturally drawn to the the paragraphs. I'm wondering what this guy's trying to say in that picture. So. Um, I'm not. We're not trying to scare you here, Rod. And oh, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> but, but I think I think a lot of it is pretty simple. Once you once you get on the platform mm-hmm. and you play around with it, um, these are just little tricks that maybe if you want to get your pictures, see maybe more so companies or golf courses. Maybe there's directors of golf listening to this podcast. But um, Instagram is is fantastic for golf travel, uh, for golf tourism, and. Uh, I've, I've certainly enjoyed using it to plan my trips and um, sort of grow my um, my never-ending sort of bucket list of courses that I want to go see. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever messaged a golf course? Because Rod, the other element, uh, and I don't know if plates if you use the messaging, but it, it's becoming more prevalent for people to to communicate using their messages. Have you ever? suggested or or gone to a golf course and and, and asked for 
uh, a tea time uh, uh, through the messages? Or are uh, we not there yet? We we are there. People are using that. That message thing is amazing. You could literally message any account, and if they check their messages, then you could possibly get a reply. So it's a lot, you know, whereas before we, we used to get excited. Well, I've certainly been on Twitter long enough to get remember getting excited about a footballer replying or, or liking a comment of mine. Now, now people are getting replies and uh, getting uh, engagements from, uh, you know, celebrities and footballers and golfers on Instagram. So it's it's a great way to sort of have a one-to-one dialogue. But I, I actually have managed uh, several golf club Instagram accounts and people have requested tea times. And it is, it might not be a direct way of booking a tea time. It certainly has an influence uh, if you're a member club. And you're putting up pictures, and you're putting up new uh, a new tea box or uh, a new yeah. pin location. Like th- these are what called like subconsciously encouraging golfers to play more rounds of golf, which is called, can only be a good thing. I've got a real life scenario for you, Rue, and this this could be a really interesting experiment. So in May, it's a free ad for us. Clayton and I are going down to Barnbogle Dunes for a golf course study tour. So a bunch of people are going to come down, we hope, uh, play three days of golf, we'll record a podcast after the second day, talk about the course and whatever. How am I going to use Instagram to get more people to take an interest and sign up for that? And then once we're down there, how do we use Instagram to make it better? Is that kind of your area of special? If I came to you and said, listen, I'm old, but we're doing this, should we be on Instagram? What would you then say about how that might work? Because that's a real world use, isn't it? Yeah, I think... You, um, you you give your phone to Clates as he goes and plays his round of golf this morning. As a as a fan of uh, the podcast, I want to see what Mike Clay- Clayton does after the podcast. So I want to follow Mike's journey to uh, the golf course, wherever. What amazing top one hundred golf course he's going to play now in the next few hours. Metro, I would... Metro. Yeah, yeah, Metro. Yep. And I, I'd be keen to see, A, how well Mike still hits it. Like, you know, we've all seen, you know, he's a, he's a successful player and, you know, European tour. Uh, I want to, I, I, as a fan, someone who might be interested to go into your event in May, I think I think following uh, Clates around for the morning and um, and if you have Clates remind everybody about this event coming up at the end of the, the story, that could be a really interesting bit of content that... As a fan of the podcast, I'm sure people listening would okay. enjoy sort of seeing his okay. journey. And then, of course, when you're down there, I think the places that you're going to see and the golf courses that you're playing, uh, for people that listen around the world, it speaks for itself. So I think the more content you can share with us, the better. You could go live on Instagram. Jeff, we haven't even spoke about the, the ability to go live. Right. And yeah, they could take morning. questions. Uh, yeah. That's something, that's something that you know we at European Tour and, and also the PJ Tour are now including in the press conferences uh, questions from social media. So you can be on the other side of the world, but actually feel a part of your event, which could be, which could help sell the next event down at Barnbrugel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. Well done, Rue. Uh, don't send us an invoice for that. That was just a that was a friendly, uh, <laughs> that's a friendly sort of. And it works really well. Right, it really is. So that would be a story. Is that what you check? Is that is that so? Clyde's going off to the golf this morning. That would be a story. That'd be yeah, that's a story. And then, the, but then there's also now a live element where you can have a basically a live Q and A. I I I. <laughs> 
I've watched some strange things I never imagined, uh, live Q&As. And I've thought about, uh, now that the Instagram one is going and it works well, I probably will try to do that at some golf tournaments next year, if nothing else, on the way to the course or something. Um, I just, I, you know, I guess the next thing that I, I you know, is is is, is how... Y- y- there's a there's an amount where you can overdo it, and there are people who overdo it. And I know I'd be curious. Clates follows people, and 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 there's they're having an amazing influence on golf course design and what we like. But I also do at times feel like there's overkill, and finding that balance I think is is key. I don't know how you guys feel about that. And it may just be that I look at it too much. <laughs> Uh, and so it seems like overkill from some of these people. Two questions. How do you know when you're going to overkill, Rue, which I think is a good point from Jack, because you see that on Twitter too. You see people are just constantly tweeting. You eventually unfollow them because yeah. it just becomes the same thing too over much. and over. Yeah. But the other thing, is this Instagram Live, is that replacing Periscope, which I remember dabbling with when it first came out a couple of years yeah. ago. But don't yeah. that, that's replaced it, has it? Is that, is that how that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it replaced it. Yeah, Periscope's and actually it's pretty functional. I would just say it's it's the live version on oh. Instagram of Periscope, right. uh, and Facebook Live is obviously another um, way of going live on, on Facebook. But uh, obviously, overkill in any media. If it's if it's not content of value, then of course it's going to be overkill. Mm-hmm. It's just ensuring that what you're sharing is of quality content, and that's where people's, you know. People joke about Instagram being the best version of their lives. It's because they only share the great and good of what they've got up to that that week, um, and that's where the cynical side comes in. People see now more and more of these big Instagram stars, and they go around and they go to these five star hotels and they they fly on private jets, and it's it's very it can come across as very fake. So I think the secret of any good Instagram and social media is being authentic. Uh, making sure that everything that you're doing is, you know, genuine. Um, but I had a question for Clates. Clates, yes. what uh, what Instagram accounts or social media accounts do you enjoy, maybe from a golf design standpoint? Oh wow! Um, let me. Um, that's a good question. Um, I know, I'm always in like I'm arguing with people on Twitter about <laughs> stuff, but um, wow, of course, Brand- OCCM is a fine account. Sorry. OCCM Golf is, is one of your yeah, favorites. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, who does Jerry that? Post, by the way, since November 13th, just saying. Sorry? There hasn't been a post since November 13th. Uh, might want to, you know, drop a I'll little memo. A okay, we'll up. do that, yeah. Well, I'm, as Rod knows, I'm being a bit wary of upsetting people on social media at the moment. <laughs> um, how about that, Rod, by the way? Yeah, mate, extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ian Andrew, I'm just flicking through it now, does some good ones. Um, there's a guy called um, Julian, his, um, what's his name? Julian Tzite, French guy who's always posting stuff from Morfontaine and Bamboogle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just um, the home of golf. How do you find stuff, Clates? I think Clates is a perfect, and so would I be, Rue. He's a perfect example of a kind of a Instagram beginner, isn't he? He's obviously stumbled on a couple of things. How can he better use it for his own interest? Because 
He's certainly taken to Twitter. Clates used to hand-write his columns for Golf Australia magazine just 10 years ago, Rue. And now he's posting oh, photos on, from 20, 20, 20 years ago. Um, and he would use a fax <laughs> to send it in, when he, even when email was... A, but he's a perfect example. So how can he better use Instagram for himself? Because there's stuff on there I'm sure he's interested in, as there is that I, but I'm missing out because I'm not using it for whatever reason I've resisted it. So what would you advise Clates to do? How's he going to get the best out of Instagram for him? Um, I think it's just asking, you know, so Clates is going to go and probably join a, a four ball this morning, asking people that he has common interests with. You'd imagine the people that Clates surrounds himself with are going to be knowledgeable and interested in golf architecture and golf generally, asking what they enjoy. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if Clates is meeting like a Lucas Herbert or somebody that's out on tour, asking them what they're interested in and what <laughs> accounts they follow. Um, maybe not the architecture side. We know that golf pros typically have no idea about golf architecture. Um, but yeah, I would, I would just ask people that you share a mutual interest with, um, what, you know, what uh, content they enjoy. Yeah, yeah. The suggestions are also really good on Instagram. They they their algorithms for finding things that you start following and 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 people who either who have similar interests or accounts that seem similar to you, they're, they're, they're very solid, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So who have you got, Jeff? So great example. I mean, you're much, obviously a much bigger Instagram user than Clates and certainly than me. Who do you, who do you follow and, and how have you found those people uh, and how do you find well, new things? I've relied on the suggestions quite a bit. Um, once I started following some golf courses, like today right now my suggestions are, I don't know what the golf ball project is, but, I see an old Mac that's followed by World Hickory, and I see a Dunbar Golf Club. I'll, you know, I'll probably follow those. But uh, I, my, this is a little more Instagram's a little more personal for me. So I, I have some uh, restaurants. I have, uh, I have a lot of French bulldogs at the moment. I uh, don't. Know. <laughs> um, Walter Jeffrey, the Frenchie, is one of the most entertaining things I think on social media at the moment. Um, and uh baseball and then you know golf trick shots a bunch of things come up because i've i've found a lot that way um some some people who there, there's a whole group of people who are into style and they they post a photo of their of their jacket tie combination every day believe it or not and i actually enjoy seeing some of those george Gankus golf the golf instructor um it's been a little quiet lately but he's really fun to watch see what he's working on with students he just posts a swing with a little comment in the caption, you know, what, what he's looking at. And then, there, you know, on golf architecture, there are, uh, there are architects who post stuff. Some of them are, are really good at it. Um, most of them, I don't think, are, are doing justice to their work and should not do it. Um, and we can talk about that. I'd we be will, curious yes. what their Rue's thoughts on, yeah. on photo manipulation. I, when I post a photo, I, I really want to make it pop. And I see a lot of the, the, the best golf architecture accounts, you know, uh, uh, Lynx Gem and uh, uh, Fried Egg and different people are really posting beautiful images. And I really enjoy seeing that. It's, it's, and so I get a little frustrated when I see people putting up architects' uh, photos. Like the Ogilvy, um, the OCCM account's great at beautiful uh, flyovers and drone stuff. And, um, but, but I'm curious, Rue, what your reaction is to that. Because I I want a photo to pop, I want to really make people go wow. And some people feel like that's not authentic that I run it through Snapseed and and Instagram or Instagram's filters. 
why do you do you see what I'm saying that there are a lot of people who don't do justice to their their work and and or do you feel like that's authentic and I should shut up? Yeah, no, I think you've got I think you've got a point. I'm you know the same way that you're speaking about um, golf architects. I see it with golf photographers. So I follow uh, obviously I work with a number of golf photographers at events, and I see some that have personal accounts and they. Um, they post pictures from their mobile phones, uh, which are not, you know, uh, like the pictures they post day to day at tournaments. And I just think it doesn't do their their their, their reputation any good if you're posting sort of that are not up to the caliber that they normally post. But I agree. I I um I had Lynx Gems as an account that I enjoy following. A beautiful golf course photography. Uh, the fried egg, I think, create great. Um, they share some great drone pictures. Um, a guy down in Australia that I enjoy uh, following is, is Gary. Um, Lisbon. Oh yeah, Gary Lisbon. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, he's great, and he's been to Scotland recently and created some great stuff. But advice for people on Instagram is posting in portrait versus landscape. Yeah, um, Instagram allows a huge chunk of your screen to be taken up by your post. So it baffles me why people still post landscape and some, some pictures come across better in landscape. I know, but if you can yeah. try and default to portrait, it allows your pictures to be much more impactful on a feed of different images and videos. Um, sometimes a, a landscape picture can get lost in it amongst the bigger portrait pictures. Mm. That's, that's one of the interesting things with the rise of all the golf accounts is that, that it's being done with portrait, um, with, very, with yeah. vertical photos. And when golf, most courses look better in landscape. Well, and magazines yeah. are landscape and your laptop screen is yeah. landscape, isn't it? But as you said, the, the, the phone is different. That's a huge change right there, isn't it, Ruin? Of course, for those who aren't familiar with those terms, portrait is where the phone is straight up and down. Top to bottom is the longest as opposed to turning it on its side, which is portrait, which is the habit of most of us who grew up with magazines, I guess, is because that's the shape, isn't it? Is the It's wider side to side than top to bottom. So that's the habit of most who do that. Uh, Jeff, mentioned, uh, Jeff mentioned there that the OCCM account hasn't posted since November 17. If you're in business or if you're trying to promote a brand or build some sort of a brand, what kind of regularity should you post with it? Is it just important to get on your own schedule and maintain it? Or is there some formula for how often you should post stuff on Instagram? I think it's difficult for people to obviously find the time. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to sort of preach something that again, you know, the, if you look at my Scottish golf podcast account, it has been pretty inactive until the news of Macrahanish there. So I'm sorry, I can't contradict myself too much, <laughs> but <laughs> I would yeah. say that, you, you know, you risk looking... So online now, people are people are cross-referencing things all the time and they're using social media as one of them. You know, everything from if you're looking to get a job with somebody, part of the hiring process will be inevitably they're going to check your social media accounts and making sure that you're not up to anything that you shouldn't be. So if you're inactive as a business on Instagram or any social media, you risk portraying yourself as somebody who is maybe out of business or not very busy are not very engaged with their their business and their customers, yep. so just just try to post. I, I I'm leaning more towards quality over quantity uh-huh. now. Um, yeah. Social media is becoming so noisy with different stuff. Um, everybody can post, and they can, you know, there's so many people on social media now. So I would I would lean towards quality over quantity, but trying to 
Uh, trying to update as much as you can. If you can find a moment in the day, whether it's over coffee in the morning or if it's that that time when you're sitting on the phone yourself of an evening on your on your couch, just finding time to post a, an engaging video or, or photo could uh, could do a lot for your business. Yeah, and also just on a like if somebody's on a golf trip, Rod, I think one thing that that I'd be I mean I would love to hear a whole Scottish golf travel podcast on this, but I think that you are uh, a lot of people try to post their trips as they go and it, it takes time to do a really good post and do it right and tag things and get the location and edit the photos to make them pop a little and I I, I somebody was asking me or telling me about their trip and I said just post the you know one photo a day of where you play on the story but then afterwards you can go back and and it, it'll because you want that set of photos there for a long time and you want it to look good and you want it to be something that people when they're searching reference and find and find real quality and you'll feel, and you'll enjoy going back uh, and looking, you know, a couple of years later and, and, and enjoy it more that way as opposed to a rushed uh, uh, post. That's the beauty of the, 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 the live story thing. It, it, it just kind of lets people know what you're up to, but, or if you see something funny or, mm. or uh, see something that's just a, you know, a beautiful photo that you want to quickly share. Because you can, you can waste too much time when you're actually supposed to be there enjoying whatever. <laughs> this is what I was just going to say to you, Shaq. Of course, we saw that fantastic photo and story during the year, uh, and Tiger commented on it. There's a lot less applause in this day and age because everyone's got their phone out taking video of the shot yeah. rather than yeah. watching the shot. That's a danger, isn't it? It can be a trap with this stuff that if you get too into the to wanting to post Instagram stuff all the time, you stop looking at the world and you start just looking at it through your phone. So that might be the, the trap to look out for, really, isn't it? As you say, on a golf trip, you get home and you look at your photos and go, looks like I had a great time. <laughs> Can't yeah. really remember too much of it. So Yeah, it, it's interesting. That that picture was actually shared uh, by my boss at the European Tour, Jamie Kennedy, and he created this side-by-side shot, which was then ripped off by ESPN and, and everybody else thereafter. Um, but, Clates, how would you have managed in the, if you were playing the Tour in 2018 with all the camera phones? Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, no, I'd have been fine. The thing I hated was the marshal who stood behind you, and as you took the club back, he put his quiet sign up. I just detested that. But phones were, no, no, phones would be fine. The marshals yeah. were way worse than the. But mind you, I'm not sure how old Howard Clark would have done with. He would have. <laughs> Clark, he was the worst at all that stuff. Who um, who did the, the um Molinari in bed with um. Tommy Fleetwood video was that Instagram or Twitter or? Yeah, so that was. Uh, I, w- I won't reveal the, the source, but he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't even in our in our team. He's a he's a member of the European Tour, and Jeff, you'll know he's a big character on the tour, and he travels and he's Scottish. Um, but he uh, he works closely with the players, and it's again having the rapport with the players. And um, it was filmed on a mobile phone. It was filmed in the the guy who came up with the idea's own bed. Um, it was um, Sunday night of the Ryder Cup and uh, just shows you that on a mobile phone, that video reached 4 million people mm. or 3.5 million people on Twitter by itself. It's the most um, popular bit of content the European Tour staff has ever produced and it was done on a mobile phone. So you don't need 4K cameras or uh, lighting or anything. You can just create you know, really good and interesting content from a mobile phone. So uh, very much spur of the moment. And obviously you can't plan for these things, but it goes back to what I was saying earlier about 
having relationships and having uh, a sort of dialogue with the players. And Francesco Bordari is an example of a person who, I think he uses Twitter in a great way. I'm, I'm creating an art, article yesterday giving out awards for players uh, on the European tour who does social media very well, the best videos and, and pictures from the year. And Molinari was my, um, on Twitter, he was voted best player on Twitter because I think he comes across as maybe quite a reserved character in, in some of his post-round interviews and on the golf course. But he shows fans quite you know an insight when he's on Twitter and he shares comments and he shares gifts and he comes across as a, a much bigger personality mm. online than he does maybe in some of his TV interviews. So um, it's interesting. I think I think people kind of come out their shell a little bit when they're on, on social media, which I think is good for the game. Mm. When it's authentic, Jeff, you used that word probably way back at the beginning of this year. I've not been able to get it out of my head since. It's the key to all of this stuff, isn't it? Authenticity. Stuff that's contrived, you can pick it a mile away, and stuff that's authentic – like Ruse just described that Molinari Fleetwood thing. That wasn't to my taste, but it was brilliantly done and brilliantly accepted. Authentic is key, isn't it, Shaq? Uh, it is, and that's that's why I asked the question about photo manipulation because you could mm. kind of come off um, and uh, as as uh, as creating this this rosy uh, sensibility that isn't there. Um, but I also think that that uh, at least in in what we're doing and talking about. Uh, golf in particular, I think it's similar to food that that you 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 want to look as good as possible, and so I think people understand that you're you're not inauthentic for for having used a filter. And I notice people all the time say no filter, and you're like, well, yeah, but you really could have used a filter because there's way too much shadow here. <laughs> what a shame! I can't see if there's any any feature in that yeah. fairway, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, so I, I think there is a some uh, role for for inauthenticity in the sense of trying to put something out that's really useful and then i also just don't like it when again uh, people are posting images uh, just just to post uh it, it wears you out now it, uh, instagram and 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 rue would know more about this uh, and this is the real the real trick and why the search engine to me needs to be better because your feed rod is 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 sort of a controlled instagram goes by what you've been liking um, and so sometimes I won't, I won't see somebody for a while and I'll, and I'll go search them and I'm like, well, he had three posts this week. Uh, I'd like to have seen those posts or that restaurant did that. Like, I'd like to have known that they had that happy hour and, but I hadn't liked any of their stuff in a while. So yeah. it, it didn't pop up on my feed. And, um, that, that's why the search to me is I find myself using it more and more or people that I, um, uh, it's just easier to just to search people and see what they're up to um, because the feed thing to me is getting uh, goofier. Do you not? It's, it do you not follow like people the way you do on Twitter? Shaq doesn't work like Twitter in that way. Like you no, follow some they, of their they, stuff pops up. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Rue? It's not collate. They they um, yeah they well they you know, filter. It's yeah, it's not chronological order anymore. It's not time yeah. sensitive. Like Twitter's changed recently as well in the last year or last two years, and you can turn that off, off and on. So, if a soccer match my team's playing, I like to have the most recent stuff at the top of my Twitter feed, so I can follow the action, the play by play. But I turn that off most of the time because people are following more people, more people are online, 
So a way to sort of turn down the noise a little bit, these social networks have curated feeds to stuff that you're more interested in. And um, yeah, I can sort of understand your, your sort of annoyance of that, Jeff, but I think more people are probably annoyed at the fact they're seeing lots and lots of content on their stuff. And yeah, their, I, my, yeah my annoyance best. is more that the search just doesn't work as well. So when we search, should we... When, so I want to search uh, Mike Clayton... Should I be doing hashtag Mike Clayton? Should I be doing the word Mike space Clayton? Uh, or if it's a golf course, you know, should I be putting it all together? Uh, I mean, I know this sounds like, but it, it really is kind of key to your enjoyment of the whole mm. thing. If, you know, if you're planning a trip or you just want to go see how a course looks these days, I do that occasionally. Uh, and like you said, the life stories are handy for that too. Yeah. I think you're trying to search by na- uh, name. If you've got the username of Mike, uh, the guy that found the ball, that's obviously the first place you type in. Um, but I- I've found, and sort of uh, opposite to you, Jeff, I found a pretty solid way to find stuff. Uh, obviously, some things are more difficult to find than others. Some things are private and public. Um, yeah. I-, I know some players are now creating more private accounts because they want to sort of keep their, sure. their their lives separate to their professional lives. Um, that, that was one thing I wanted to touch on. Just, you know, we were talking about authenticity. Sadly, some of the Ugh, biggest names yeah. in golf have some of the most awful social media awful. accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Brooks Kepkes uh, is the worst. I mean, you're just like, oh, why? Yeah. Oh, and he, he um, you know, there was a tweet earlier this, uh, maybe last month, when he was a bit annoyed about not making onto the the athletes list. And that yeah, that was the first really first interesting thing he's ever done. That's exactly <laughs> right. It's bizarre, isn't it? And, and <laughs> it's sort of, you know, like, if you're trying to fight against this this image that he has yeah. of not being uh, interesting, sponsored post after sponsored post yeah. after yeah. sponsored post is uh, not interesting to any fan no. out there. Now, why is um, he, so, to separate you, why is he being so badly advised there, do you think, Rue? That's just really poor advice from his management, isn't it, to... To continue down that path, that just seems foolish to me. Either get off yeah. it like Adam Scott, or do it properly like Tommy Fleetwood and Ian Poulter and Francesco Molinari and Rory used to. Um, Justin Thomas is good. Justin Thomas, yeah. Jordan Spieth used to be good on Twitter. Justin, but... Yeah, Justin Thomas is probably one of the best guys on there. Mm. Just from an because it's him. <laughs> yeah, and but some some guys, you know, they really don't want to spend any time on it. And, mm. They want to focus on their golf, or they want to do other stuff, and they don't want to deal with the the BS, the comments they get on there, and and they don't want to have a sort of celebrity lifestyle. But um, yeah, sadly, I don't know. There's a sort of trend at the moment where I think I think Rory actually manages his own Twitter, uh, own Instagram account. Um, but yeah, there, there certainly seems to be less and less interesting player content through. I guess them being being handcuffed by managers and agents and having sponsorship See, obligations. And the man else. always so. wins in the end, Rude. The man always yeah. wins. The players, when it began, Twitter and social media was a fantastic way for players to talk directly to their fans. And as time's gone on, it's become more and more of a sort of handcuff. I noticed Mickelson tweeted something today that he's now joined Instagram doing tips, and we see Tiger going to. Um, to the over-the-top TV with the Discovery Channel thing. Clates, what a different environment for players. How do you reckon you would have coped with all of this stuff as a player? I reckon you would have been great at it, but I reckon you would have got yourself in trouble as, as, oh, as much yeah. as you. Yeah, it would have been fun. Yeah, yeah no, I would have hopefully been all right. 
I occasionally get into trouble, but yeah, I, I think it would have been. But it would have been certainly would have been fun to do when we were playing. Because Jeff used to be on Twitter, didn't he, Jeff Ogilvy? And he stopped because of the he nonsense did, he that go, came back. Years ago. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were playing when Sevy was around, you could have taken a something of Sevy every day. You know, you could have a film of something which would have been Sevy would have been. Well, it would have been great to be able to record his day-to-day stuff on the tour when he was around, just watching him hit balls. And I mean, you just go to YouTube and there's reams of stuff of Sevy hitting balls. There's a great one of him hitting, him hitting balls on the range at Wentworth at a world match play that still goes around. And So if um, if Sevy had got into it, he would have been amazing. Hmm. I suppose I, that, that it, well, exactly, and, and people are going to be watching your story well, they won't because the podcast won't be out in time. They're going to miss your story for uh, for going to the the golf course today. But I suppose the key to all this stuff, uh, Jeff, the clues in the titles of this notion of social media, it's interactive. So when I started in this business, you wrote a story, it went in the paper, and if somebody was fired up enough, they might ring the office to complain about it or write a letter. Completely different now, isn't it? And, that's, yeah. and now everybody is a photographer and a cameraman and a potential podcaster and a blogger, everybody's got access to it, hasn't it? And that's the, that's the bizarre nature of this new media world. It is. And, and so the people, what, what I, I see in golf architecture that's interesting, you have a, a lot of younger shapers who are uh, really good at it and good at telling stories, good at uh, showing off the design, way better than the architects. And so then people think they're the architects, and, and they get maybe into a little trouble sometimes with, uh, with their bosses. But you can see where it's headed, that, that the architects of the future um, will be expected to be telling the full story of what they're doing as they're doing it. And it's tricky, as Clates can attest, golf course construction photos are not particularly interesting. Um, and then golf course clients, either clubs or uh, or wealthy owners aren't necessarily, uh, and this I'd be very interested to hear what what what, uh, what Kleitz has had to deal with on a project, uh, and also what Ruth thinks. But they're not. A lot of places are not excited about things being seen until it's the polished, pretty final product. And I kind of get that. It'd be like a movie, you know, putting out too much and making it uh, not really explode with the big opening and, and when it looks the way you want it. But I, I feel like that's an outdated way of thinking too, that, that it's just where we're going and maybe it'll change because people get fatigued, but they want to kind of have the, the gradual build up and get invested in something, um, especially a golf course, as opposed to never having heard of it. And all of a sudden they're getting in the day with a bunch of pretty photos. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting, the two, biggest design projects in the last redos in Australia in the last 20 years or perhaps ever were we redid the 36 holes at Peninsula and Tom Doak and Brian Schneider just completely rebuilt the ocean course at the National. So Peninsula wanted no photos, so there's been nothing on Instagram or Twitter. Oh, and, nothing, and official. Yeah, nothing official. Nothing official. Yeah, because yeah, I've seen some, yeah, and I'm people blown away. Oh, yeah, <laughs> more. Yeah, but yeah, but not by us because no. we're not right. allowed right. to. And the national wanted Brian to post something every day. So Brian, <laughs> well, I think I think when he left, it was day 108, and you uh, could follow the whole thing through. So, I mean, for me, I think that's a better way. But it's, of course, it's up to the client as to how they want to um, manage what they unveil on social media, but. Watching what Brian was doing at the National every day, well, I thought was really interesting. 
What do you reckon, Rue? They're two different ways to go about it. And, and I've got to say, I think Peninsula, to me, has done it the right way, Clayton, as much as it's almost like building a cult thing, isn't it, Jeff? I, too, have seen people who've playing the course taking photos and tweeting them, but there's been nothing official. That's got a nice feel to it, to me. It's kind of yeah. pre- prepping yeah. you for the big reveal when the club says, right, now the doors are open, you can all come and have a look. What do you reckon, Rue? Is there a... Is there a preference for either of those or one method will work for one and one will work for another? How would, how, how would you sort of advise people to maybe deal with that? Uh, yeah, I can obviously I can understand the owner's perspective of not wanting to show something that isn't the, the finished product. But if I was Clates and his company, I'd want to have an opportunity to sort of t- tell everybody I'm working at this great golf course. Um, so there's probably ways and means around it. There's no reason why the architect could be in couldn't be like in the in the dumper itself and video himself talking about the project and what they're up to without revealing what's actually going on mm. and that would have a much bigger impact if you think about the build-up and telling the story without actually showing people what's being done but you're showcasing the effort and the time and the knowledge uh, and the thought that's went into the the changes uh, that would have much bigger impact in my opinion of following that journey from start to finish and then having the big reveal at the end of it than having nothing and then just suddenly... And then everything, reveal. yeah. Yeah. Because people have said, yeah, it's, it's an interesting minute. It's generational, a lot of this stuff, isn't it, Rue? You're, you're of an age where I, this has all just been part of your life uh, ever since you've been sort of from teenage to adulthood, whereas myself and Clates and Shaq, I suppose, to a certain extent, Shaq's a very engaged uh, digital media user, and so he's really into it and, and explores it. I kind of use it as it as it suits me. It's very generational, isn't it, this sort of stuff? Justin Thomas, you're talking about him being a great example of a, a player on Twitter. He's that age, isn't he? He's grown up with it. It's just a natural extension of what he does with his everyday life. But, but I also see people like Ian Poulter, who's obviously a lot older. Mm-hmm. And Not that much older. He's younger than me. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> He would be. He wouldn't have grown up. Certainly, no, no, he would have grown up with traditional media, and he's a he's embraced it, and he's one of the great followers uh, on social media, and he's enjoyed using Instagram stories to have fan Q and answers. Um, so it's it's interesting. Certainly, I think uh, I'm fortunate. I've I haven't known anything different, but mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't take long. I, I just encourage if people are not trying out these things, and certainly you, Rod to take some time and, mm. and just play about and, and you'll uh, discover the wonders that is uh, that is Instagram yeah, and all, all these other things. I'm listening to you and Jeff talk about it and I can hear myself talking to my mate Bruce Young trying to convince him to get well, on Twitter and my brother. Like, yeah. You've got to be using this stuff. What are you, nuts? If you're in the golf news business or in the news business, you've got to be on Twitter. Of course you do. You're mad if you don't. And I can hear them in myself saying, yeah. yeah, but I don't do it at the moment and I'm okay. <laughs> so... I am missing out. Shaq, convince me. I th- well, I think you are missing out because the last point I wanted to cover, and I, I just this is just my sense, but I'd love to hear what, what uh, Clates and, and Ruth think. I feel like Instagram is changing people's uh, taste buds in golf architecture. And, and now maybe it's because I don't follow somebody who's doing um, a daily Tom Fazio golf course photo, but I'm I'm, I'm fairly sure there isn't one out there. <laughs> um, and I feel like um, Instagram is uh, friendly to uh, a certain aesthetic uh, and golf courses that have a lot going on and that aren't synthetic looking. And, and maybe it's just my, my bias, but I feel like it's changing people's tastes in golf architecture, both towards embracing links 
golf and then also just uh the the style of architecture we like more um have you guys do you guys have any sense of that really or am i giving instagram yeah. too much credit that's really interesting Rude. i think i think it's it's a great way for people to share their own interests and it allows people to discover stuff and learn stuff all the time i think you're right i think there's there's certainly people follow what they're interested in and you've got a sort of temper a lot of what you said there jeff with as you say you're following architects and constructions that you're interested in and maybe more of the the older stuff the stuff that people are sort of the stuff that you're not so uh, you don't resonate with you don't see as much of that but i would say it's certainly helping people discover things that they like and discover things that are not shoved down your throat in a in a full page magazine advert for instance people are now you know, finding their own their own stuff, and um, I think it's more of a level playing field for everybody. If you're a, a small golf course like like Fraserburgh or Cullen here in the northeast of Scotland, you have the chance to showcase your golf course the same way as a Royal Troon or a Royal Aberdeen, and um, the same that you're playing in the same in the same ballpark. So it allows companies and places and everything to be much more on a level. By a ball field and not just be dictated by how much marketing spend you've got. Hmm. What do you reckon, Clay? Do you think? Quite, sorry, sorry. Thinking to hear. Yeah, what I, I, I think. I, I mean, one example. I, I, I mean, and is it Fraser Borough or Fraser Burke? No. Oh, oh dear. Oh, that's a, that sound you hear is a can of worms opening. Yes. But, yeah, so Fraser Borough. Yeah, I mean they've done. Yeah, I think the Macri have done a really good job in terms of what. Yeah. yeah. They've, they've put out there. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah, they sort of used the drone and they've showcased their interior um, facilities, and they've done that throughout the whole process. So there was that whole sense of anticipation, and the architects. I think DJ Russell was the lead architect there. Um, they they told the story throughout the whole build process. So um, I think that's a good example, plates. Yeah, and in terms of you and, and your and your company, do you do you plan to do a lot more on social media about? You know whether it's the initial drawings or some of the 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 sort of initial shaping or the end product. How do you plan to sort of use social media moving forward? Well, it's a bit haphazard, really. We probably should yeah. talk about it given this conversation. But we yeah. started a new job at Lons. I mean, I mean, the peninsula thing was tricky because they didn't want any photos. But uh, we've just started a new job rebuilding a course at Point Lonsdale, so that would be a cool kind of place to put some interesting stuff up you know what'd be cool clates is is and so i i always get nervous about these kinds of things because i i my initial reaction is oh this is going to be self-serving or this is going to wear people out but i would love to see you you know an architect take uh tell us the whole story via photos of of, of where a hole started here was the initial drawing uh, here was the, the you know next picture is the the piece of property and then come back at the end and um, fill in what you ended up building and the adjustments you made and tell the story of the whole that way. I, it's work, but it nobody's doing that. Mm. Um, and you need yeah. to document. It's a great way to document your. Uh, if you you know you can't do it with every hole, but obviously there are some holes you think are really interesting, to perhaps yeah. to tell the story. Yeah. 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 In fact, the point Lonsdale, I was there the other day with. I took a good photo of a piece of land before we've started building the hole on it. So that would be a good way to do it. 
because it's a great before picture. Right. And to document what, you know, the evolution of the whole would be, I think, would be a really interesting story. And that's just repackaging Weight Watchers, isn't it? The before and after. They're always yeah. put them next to yeah. each other, and that's a, a fantastic. Yeah. Rue, do you prefer a before and after a photo on one, as big as possible, and then you swipe to the next? Because I've done before and after of everything from golf holes to um, old photos to today to postcards like here in Santa Monica I used to have I, I need to still do it I think it's really fun an old and then do use uh, the layout deal to, to, to basically have them on the same page the same slide so you can compare them yeah I think it depends uh, of the, the photographs you know if you yeah. can make it work in the one image I think it saves people having to swipe yeah, but um, you know what Clayton's touched on there is interesting because, of course, you know golf course designers are surveying the land before they go there, and they have aerial pictures. So, uh, I'd I'd be keen for Clayton and and his social media to maybe tell us one day the five best holes that that were never built, and maybe sharing. You don't have to share what client, but why certain holes, why you had an idea about a certain hole, and maybe why they weren't built and. So the, the debate that could be generated off the back of that could be really interesting. Um, just the, the best holes that never were. As an option to that, I was I was down at Cape Shank yesterday near Bush Rangers Bay, which was a golf course Greg Norman was maybe going to build until the guy who owned the land flew his helicopter into the cliff by the golf course and killed himself. But we were kind of looking across. There, was an, um, there were natural bunkers blown out. It was a hogsback hole. It was one of the most incredible holes right on the ocean. We took a photo of it. It was one of the most. It could have been one of the most incredible holes you've ever seen. It was like a freaking Cypress Point amazing hole. Mm, that's exactly. So it's just right. lying there in this yeah. guy's farm. It was, it was just Wait, waiting to be Clayton. Just, yeah, we should just go and knock on his door and say, "Can we just build this hole? <laughs> this one hole? We don't need to build a golf course. We just want to build this hole." So we're just doing it for Instagram. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, what all the, it's what all the cool kids are doing. They build a golf hole just for Instagram. I suppose the other part of that, uh, Clayton, I know you and I discussed this with Adrian once on a, another podcast, was this notion of those of us who love golf courses and golf course architecture and love looking at the pictures of the holes have no clue about what's actually involved in making them. So we all stand on a tee of a hole and criticise it for this and that and the other, but you don't know why it might be that way. Is there something in that shack for architects to educate the playing public, or is that something we don't want to know about? It's better off behind closed doors. Why a hole didn't do something you think that it should have done in hindsight? Yeah, it's really a tricky balance, I think, to to do that because you could come off uh, poorly. You could come off sounding condescending or 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 like you're just over promoting yourself. Uh, it, it's it takes a certain yeah. talent, I think, for and a certain voice. Mackenzie and Ebert are doing a really nice job of a sort of bragging. Humble bragging, whatever you want to call it, showing off, but but it never comes off as um, yeah. a, as uh, self serving. It seems educational, but even those, I'd love to hear. You know, I'd still love to see some architects do a little bit more uh, in depth. Just just in nothing else to document what they do, because mm-hmm. can you imagine if we had had um, oh. Mackenzie or <laughs> I mean, I, I, it'd be almost fun to do a fictional account, uh, yeah. like going back and trying to trying to do that with an architect if you had a lot of time but how valuable that that is to people um you know i i just uh i mean i thought about doing it with uh, rustic canyon is is going back because i've been cleaning and i've been finding old besides some really great old 
golf photos that I just sit there and go like, wow, this would be fun just to put up um, when the game was better. Uh, but also just to kind of document the course and what, what we, where we started and, and then what it ended up with each hole, just to have it out there permanently. Because it seems like Instagram's a really good place for that, mm. assuming it, it, it doesn't get uh, you know, ruined by uh, <laughs> the people at Facebook. It's um, it's also a great way, Jeff, when the course needs to be lengthened to nine and a half thousand yards in twenty thirty four. Right, that you've got a great reference for uh, for doing that restoration right. based on yeah. what you guys yeah. did way back in the dark ages when the ball. Is there any uh, golf ball distance debates on Instagram, Shaq? Is it a is it a safe uh, zone? Can we avoid that? It's fairly safe. Okay, actually, fantastic. Yes. I'm there. You've sold me. After everything else you've told me, yeah. that's the one that sold that me. That might be the, the key to getting you on Instagram. It is more positive. It is more uh, uplifting. There's a lot of comedy. Like I said, I, I, a couple dogs are funny. Bob, there's a guy named Bob Mennery who, who, who mocks uh, television broadcast announcers in a great, clever way. There, there, there is quite a bit of lighter fare. I think that's that makes it. Also more enjoyable, perhaps mm. why I spend more time there than, than Twitter. I don't find the comment sections to be as great as as uh, some do, though. I still think they're a little bit frightening. Oh, well, that's what happens when you open up and when people are faces. That's been the downside of social media, hasn't it, Rue? The anonymous nature of the people who can comment seems to free them up to make comments they would never make to people's faces. It's the it's the unfortunate side of this. So everyone can be a part of it, and the unfortunate side is that everyone can be a part of it. It's it's both the strength and the weakness. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, that that is the sort of uh, sort of people that are against social media sort of often go with that one. But I think social media also has a lot of good for you yeah. know allows people to find little niches that they're interested in, and maybe the people that are maybe you know ten years ago would have been alone of an evening, and you know I'm thinking about school kids, for instance, they might be alone, they're not interested in anything that the guys at school have. When they come home and they can play online games against each other and have communities, have Instagram mm. communities where they can talk about gaming, and it brings people closer together. And certainly, golf course architecture there's a there's a niche there on Instagram and social media that people can enjoy engaging with. It it, it might have been the biggest boon for golf course architecture as a topic shack that we've ever had, don't you think? Social media, a whole bunch of people who all felt like they I were alone in all uh, sorts of corners have found each other. I really do. I do believe it's. It spread the mm. uh, the minimalist movement uh, more than than anything because uh, a lot of these courses are so visually appealing. And then um, I think it has a long way to go, though. I think there's a lot of room when you go on YouTube trying to find a golf course. It's still shocking uh, how I mean. If I had a golf course, the first thing I'd do is have a great set of of hole by hole aerials, and then I'd have a, a, an in, Instagram account that. Um, I think reveals most things. You do want to keep some sense of mystery, but to create a really great account that uh, so when people are researching it or they are thinking about going there and you kind of sense, well, this is a place that just like a restaurant, you just say, wow, this is, as Rube pointed out, if you suddenly see the account start to die down, you wonder, well, what, what, you know, what's going on there? It may be nothing. It may have changed social media managers um, but yeah it's it's vital i think going forward and, and it is a job isn't it Rue? i suppose that's what a lot of people my generation grapple with this notion of it it feels for a lot of people like it's this added thing now that you've got to, it's another job that's got to be done i'm a member at a small golf club and i know you're at cruden bay there but 
it's a job that somebody's got to do and there's nobody there to do it. So it's either got to be a volunteer who's interested or someone's got to learn a whole new skill set because done, done badly, it can be damaging, can't it? So you've got to do it right. So <laughs> Yeah. I was actually at Crudup Bay meeting with another golf club in the area who were keen to sort of kickstart their social media today. And that's exactly what I said to them. You know, you can, I think the best next step is to actually try it, but don't just do it for the sake of doing it because it might actually have a detrimental impact on your course. You want to showcase it the right way. But uh, as Jeff said, I think it's a great way to showcase golf courses. I can sh- what I try to do with, with Crudup Bay's account, which I manage, uh, is sort of showcase the stuff round about the golf course as well, the village and the, the, the harbour and the seascapes that you can see from the golf course, as much as educating people about the golf course itself. So, yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it's educational, and I think uh, hopefully we can, we, we can all enjoy uh, and sort of see improvements from um, different parts of the golf industry that we enjoy. Indeed. Let's wrap it up. So I'm going to get from, uh, well, certainly from you and Rushak, your five favourite Instagram accounts, and they don't have to be golf, and I'll put I'll get the links mm. and put them in the show notes as well, but what, what are the five that you find yourself looking at most days? Me or Ru? Uh, you, Jeff. Sorry, start with Jeff. Uh, well, I'll give you, I'll give you, you know, uh, you love dogs, Rod, so they you've do. got to follow walter jeffrey the frenchie that's that's jeffrey g-e-o-f-f-r-e-y that's how i found him by the way (laughs) somehow the algorithm saw that i'm a g-off and that i think i liked a photo of a french bulldog somewhere shane bacon (laughs) i think has some and put one anyway i i got walter jeffrey the frenchie the frenchie he's he's unbelievable uh you just have to go he has meltdowns he's just cranky um French bulldog, and he just loses his mind uh, fairly often, and his owner likes to share it. Um, so uh, on the comedy side, uh, and then I, I'm, I'm love Bob Menery, uh, M-E-N-E-R-Y. He's uh, again, he's spoofing sort of American broadcasters, but does it in a clever way and uses real, real uh, uh, I, uh, clever satire. Um, I think, uh, let's see, let's get the account right. John Cavalier's uh, Lynx Gems, uh, to me, would be if somebody's looking to just enjoy golf photos, good yeah. golf architecture. Yeah, he's great. Photos, yeah, he's great. I mean, he almost yeah. posts too much. I would almost say, like, there's some random, just why are you posting a photo of, uh, you know, a Whippoorwill? But uh, I don't care because uh, it's free and it's uh, beautiful stuff and it's, uh, just great to look at and, and gives you a little bit of history and his write-ups. So Lynx Gems is, I think, really, really strong in that sense. Um, as for a golf course account, wow, Cruden Bays is wonderful. Uh, although it's been a little late. I'm, I'm pulling mm. it up now. It has, it's been a little quiet. Or maybe the algorithm's been, since that uh, debut of the, the, the indoor uh, uh, teaching area uh, uh, with uh, Murray, uh yeah, there have been a couple posts, but Cruden Bay is a great example of what a golf club should do, I think, in, in mixing sort of news of what's going on there and then beauty and kind of keeping it on your radar, like, oh, i got to go back there if I've been there or if I haven't been, oh, i got to get there. You know, there's I don't ever sense a place makes me go like a bad movie trailer where you go, okay, well, I don't need to see the movie now. Um, <laughs> it's like the, the No Laying Up feud with Peter Kessler, uh, where he was ripping their trailers. I, I thought the trailers were great, but I also watched them and went, well, like, that's a minute and a half trailer. I, 
I don't, <laughs> I don't I, I, that's a long trailer. So I think though on Instagram, Rue, I, I have yet to find an account where of a course that made me go, uh, yeah, I don't need to go there. Like they've worn me out, uh, or they've shown me everything I'm uh, there is to see. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. That's a positive. So like that's, that. that should be a lesson to a lot of places. Um, and I'll have to find one. I, I'm trying to think of just to, to Yeah, Sweetens Cove have done a good job, haven't they? Don't you think? Yeah, yeah very good, very good. Sweetens Cove, yeah. Uh, another another place that yeah, you just you kind of look at it and you go, yeah, I, I I love looking at that, and I could probably even go there and uh, and see more. That crazy um, bunker with the with all the timber facing—that's <laughs> a frightening prospect. What holes that on? Is it? Have you been to Sweetens Cove, Jeff? I haven't been there. I don't. I have not. No, no I have yeah, not. It sounds amazing. Um, um, yeah. Uh, we've got four from you. We'll come back for your fifth. Clates, have you got yeah, – give, us, give us three, Clates, while you're uh, – you've already oh, got Sweet and Scove. Uh, you've gone Lynx Gems. Everyone's doing that. Um, I'm the first guy to ask at the moment. Um, Looks like we're going to go to Rue. <laughs> Gary Lisbon is good. Gary Lisbon. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's good, actually. Gary does and there's a guy called Airswing Media who's taken some stuff for us in Lanhai in China who does a really good job. Yeah. He does some great stuff. Yeah, what else? Yeah. He did something else, didn't he, Rue? What did he do, Airswing Media? That was, was it something in Scotland? Some drone? Was it not like, um, did, he, did he do the, did he do like 3D video? Maybe maybe I'm getting confused with somebody else, but he definitely came to Scotland. Uh, and uh, and I saw something from him that was really good, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. What are yours? Uh, obviously the European tour. They'd be high up there. <laughs> Um, I think you've taken a couple of mine. I mentioned Gary um, earlier, Lynx Gems. Um, Eric Anders Lang, who's a kind of new vlogger um, in the in the sort of social media space. He has a he guy. He posts a lot. He does post <laughs> a lot. He's got a, he had a guy on his trip recently, um, which I enjoyed, um, Haif, Haif Life, and I might be butchering the name, but he's a really talented, oh, yes. Yes, yeah. uh, talented photographer, takes sort of moody moody course shots which showcase the golf course in a different um sort of style than i've seen before mm. so i've enjoyed seeing his stuff um and i'm a bit like jeff sort of personally i enjoy uh i enjoy dogs so i look at a lot of dogs a lot of scottish sort of tourism and um, castles of scotland i enjoy so it okay. allows mm. me to sort of find new castles that i haven't yet to sort of visit myself or encouraged me to get back to castles that I've visited before so um, I'm, uh, as, a, as a dog owner myself I'm planning a lot of staycations so um, I'm using Castles of Scotland to help plan those Oh fantastic mm. and, that, and that's exactly what people should be using for by the sound of it that's, that, that was kind of your point wasn't originally Jeff that we should do this thing with Rue so people can help plan golf holidays and find out what other stuff that's going on in the world and I think uh, you've made that, made that point pretty well so 2019 is going to be the year that I get into Instagram. I'm going to see you guys on there. That'll be fantastic. I'll have to start. I think I've got an Instagram account. I just don't look at it. Yeah, I might have to <laughs> yeah. download the app. No, I think it's it's. I don't think it's going away, and I, I really think it's going to continue to evolve. And golf, as Rook has probably found out, is always behind um, <laughs> societal trends. So what you see restaurants doing and other golf instructors are, are have been are starting to get kind of kick in on instagram uh, it, it's just it's just typical of golf it's just generally behind and so now you sh you're seeing it do the things that other 
sectors of the world have been doing for, for a quite a while. Instagram. So, Clates, thankfully, now, now that we've had this free lesson from Rue and Jeff, you're going to be at the forefront of the golf architecture Instagram movement, which will be fantastic to see, starting with your uh, Instagram story today, which I'm going to look up and see yeah, if yeah, I can yeah. find. That'll be. Uh, Have you ever um, done Steve? the story? No. What, a, yeah. a yeah. story on Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. No. Just yeah. Take pictures. And Speaking of golf architects, a couple of interesting, well, not um, interesting for one, sad for another, developments last couple of days, Forrest Fesler. Yes. Jeff, right. I saw it died today. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Who worked with Mike Strands. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was um, obviously famous for being second at wing foot to Hale Orman in 1974, US Open. Didn't he also yeah. wear shorts? Down the 18th yeah, fairway, the US no, Open? He, he did. He yeah. did, yeah. Shorter than the ones you had on, I think, Clates, in that photo. <laughs> no, 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 nothing was that short. From, that was horrendous, um, by the way. That was horrendous, wasn't it? And Keith Foster, that was an interesting development. See, now, if Keith had had an Instagram account, he could have been posting <laughs> photos of all the things that he was smuggling into the uh, country. Is that the most bizarre Even story? After, of... He could have posted a nice story on the raid yeah. um, by yeah. the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. He could have he could have posted uh, more photos of the things he tried to procure after the raid. Yeah, bizarre. Is that the most bizarre story of 2018, Jeff? It's got to be. That's the most Somebody asked me an all-time architecture bizarre stories i said i uh it's top three and i can't oh, really think of one the other two. two that's right it's daylight <laughs> second and third just extraordinary wow. extraordinary stuff yeah. so yeah all right let's wrap it up uh jeff pardon me great to have you aboard and thank you for the shove i'm going to i'm sure i'm going to thank you for this instagram tip uh at some point in the next month or two so i'm going to get on board and uh, and get cracking so thanks for your time today Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And I uh, look forward to the Scottish Golf Podcast returning. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping there's an Instagram-only uh, episode uh, Well, it might be out. a story. You might, maybe you make a story about the return episode, Rue, do you think? Yeah, you never know. You never know. Be fair Will you be doing that with Graylin? Because I know he's he's doing another podcast on Lynx Magazine now, isn't he? Because that's where he's working, obviously. And Graylin yeah, will still be part of it. Fantastic. Don't keep in touch with Graylin. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. So, uh, Clates, thank you for your time today. I'll leave Rue to last. Thanks, Rod. Yep. Enjoyed it. Are you going to do that story? Thank you, Rick. Because I'll go looking for that. No. Are you going to do it? No. Um, today? No, not today, but I'll do it. <laughs> All right. In, I'll, in the next two or three weeks, I'll do one. All right. I'll follow Obviously. you. In. Okay, I'll follow you. And we'll, right. uh, we'll get one you in the new year. And look forward to that. That guy who fell on his ball, I'll put that in the show notes. And, Rue, a huge thank you to you, mate. I know that it's been a really busy year for you, and particularly with all the social media stuff on the European Tour. I appreciate you taking some time today. And I, like Jeff, am really looking forward to the return of the Scottish Golf Podcast. We do miss it in the podcast landscape. One of the best. Well, thank you, guys. I've really enjoyed seeing, uh, listening to more of your episodes. I'm sure I speak on behalf of all the listeners. And uh, and hopefully, Clayton, you can maybe relive your guy that found the ball um, <laughs> one day and... Uh, you know, with the new rules coming out, and you can post that on your Instagram, that'd be great. <laughs> you can go and fall on your ball again, triumphantly, and walk away with no penalties at all. That'd be terrific. Oh, he'll hurt himself. How long before somebody on the Champions Tour hurts their back with this new dropping procedure at the oh, what a joke height? Is, yeah. Yeah, it's going to happen. You can go down. Can't you get down on Just one knee? on the record. Can't you get down on one? There's fun and games to come Not with all of down that. Down on one knee. Oh, you're talking about Clates's. No, 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 no. For the dropping, you're allowed to get down on one knee 
if you can't bend yeah, over that far, get on one knee. Get on one knee. And then get your caddy to help you back up, I oh, suppose. Oh, that, that's too. more ridiculous. That's another way to hurt your back. Yeah. You get up too fast. <laughs> and then, then sing, yeah. You watch. See, Rue never thought of any of this, Jeff. This is our generation. We feel that pain. That's why. Rue hadn't thought about any of this stuff. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the rules. I'm sure they're not done with it. That's episode 87 in the books, the last for 2018. Uh, thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed that as much as we've enjoyed talking. And thanks for all your support during the year. We will keep bringing uh, some more regular episodes to you in 2019. That's it. Uh, look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of State of the Game. State of the Game is a talk and golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.